0: evolve and thrive. Greetings, I am Erin Patton, also known as Master L, and I want to welcome you to the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. This is going to be a solo episode and I am so, so eager to talk about today's topic because it is something that has come up on my radar, not only for myself, but for friends, for people who I work with, clients. And it's fundamentally one of the major growth opportunities for human beings in general. And when I say that as human beings, there are three things that we must overcome as we go on our metaphysical journey, our spiritual journey, on a path to enlightenment, on a path to ego balanced existence. I don't like to say ego less because we really can't get rid of our ego. Like our ego is really connected to our body and it really fundamentally is part of us. So I would just say ego balanced existence. And those three things are desire for recognition, which many of us know well, especially as high achieving business people, our desire for security, which fundamentally is what... Most any being desires on this planet or probably in any existence is the security and safety. And then the third one, which is going to be today's topic, is our desire for control. Our desire for control. So (laughs) I have to laugh with this one because this is something that I believe fundamentally is really a squishy topic for me. And I just say squishy because it just already in talking about it just makes my ass feel uncomfortable. Because control is something, especially in my family, that was this OCD kind of existence was like commonplace. And generally we see that, especially in traumatized environments, chaotic environments, environments where there is a lot of disruption People really try to control everything around them to feel like there isn't the chaos. There isn't the disruption. There isn't the trauma that it actually exists. And it's essentially sometimes a trauma response. And I call it a trauma response, the OCD level. But really when we get down to it, as I just had started off with the breakdown, it's fundamentally a desire that we all have is to control our environment, control our environment control the people around us, control how things play out, control what the end result's going to look like. Yet, at the end of the day, we really don't have the ability to do all that. I mean, yes, there's some aspects of ourselves we can control. Of course, we're meant to be controlling our emotions, how we react. Yet, in my view, controlling our external environment is nearly impossible it's nearly impossible. Yet this is essentially the matrix that we live in, the prison dominated matrix that we live in is a matrix based on mass control, mass control. So you can imagine, and I've talked about it in previous casts about you know the reign of the Anunnaki and, and how we're kind of under this prison matrix for the past few millennia and how we are essentially mimicking the behavior of the great beings that came before us. So instead of necessarily evolving past it, we literally just do the same shit over and over. And when we are being controlled, then we control things around us and then it's almost like a vicious cycle. We're controlling, controlling, controlling. And I wanna continue to talk about what this looks like because for me it had manifested in so many different ways. And the first thing that comes to mind, I remember for me about control was for me in high school, like I kind of had like an eating disorder, I guess you can kind of call it. And I think this manifests for a lot of people, uh, young people, especially maybe young women, when they are being controlled. Like I remember I was training really seriously for sports and athletics and then also dancing when I was in high school. And my mom and my trainer had me on this really strict diet. and. My friends that are listening to this know, like, they'd be like, "Aaron, how many grapes did you eat today? How many carrots did you eat today? Like, I literally had to, like, write down everything that I ate and, like, how much. And it was just insane. (laughs) And for someone who wasn't necessarily in a healed environment and really emotionally not in a very balanced state, like, having that control over my eating it was a little bit, and I'm trying to find the words here because this is almost like it's like the first time I've ever talked about this. It created a sense of anxiety, if you will, a sense of anxiety around my eating because after I've kind of got off a little diet thing, I would like binge eat, like binge the fuck eat. Like I would like, eat like a whole box of Girl Scout cookies or like if I went over someone's house to eat like I'd eat all the pizza and like I eat so much to the point of like vomiting like I would just be so full because in many ways was like starving myself like on this diet and so when I was not in my mom's view or when I was not around my mom or when I was at school I could eat as much as I wanted and so then I just ate 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 And I remember even like, I would never forget this. It sounds so petty, but this is like a real thing. Like I remember going to Fogo de Chow with my mom and dad, like in high school. And come on now, it's an all you can eat meat buffet. And literally you have to flip a card to tell them to bring you meat and you have to flip it back over when you don't want them to bring it. And I remember my mom would just keep flipping over my card, like, so I wouldn't get any more food. And I remember like yelling at her, like, mom, you're such a control freak. Like, oh my God. And it created some, that was like the first time I think me and my mom kind of like got into like a little argument when we were, when I was in high school. And it really was an indication of this idea of being hyper-controlled, hyper-managed, micromanaged, not only in my household, but for myself, like I didn't even have a sense of control for myself. And obviously this started to manifest bigger and bigger as I got older, because you know, they always say like the shelter kids, like the church kids and shit. When I go to college, how they just wild the fuck out? Well, that was kind of like me. Like I grew up in a crazy sheltered environment and obviously lots of control, micromanaging, tiger mom energy in my home. So when it came to me being free and on my own, especially when it came to partying and drinking, I had no control, like absolutely no control. And this is like, really fundamentally continues to be like a challenge for me. I have to just even admit that that's one reason why I wanted to talk about it today, because I was like, I want to be like a master of everything before I talk to you guys about it. But at the same time, like I'm mastering life as I go. And this control conversation is one that I don't believe that we have enough. I think we kind of, you know, we joke about it like, oh, she's so OCD or, oh, I try to control everything. But really recently, like it has come up in so many different ways that it's time that I, I at least try to dig deeper and deeply within myself to really uncover, discover what this control means to me. Because as I embrace this desire for control, it allows the control aspect of me to really soften and come into balance. It really does, because that's what awareness does at the end of the day. and. I talk about this, I teach this, and also it's just truth that as we become more aware of the aspects of ourselves that are ugly, the aspects of ourselves that are bad or controlling or ego-seeking or people-pleasing, the more awareness we have, the more we can you know, name it as for what it is and then nurture it. And then that nurturing is just the embracing of, you know what? I have this as part of me, but it don't define me. It's not me. And I always like to say, it's not me, but mine's like, it's not me, but mine's like, I have this aspect of me, but it does not define me. It's not me. So back on the subject of control, Obviously, I'm a grown woman now and you know manage my own home. I have a two-year-old son. I am a caretaker, caregiver for my mother who has dementia. And when I first came into this role, essentially as a caregiver, you can imagine I wanted to control every fucking thing around me, like not just every fucking thing, but every fucking body. And that is draining. First of all, that shit gets tiring. It's emotionally draining to try to control everything. Yet this was the programming that I had. This was the behavior that I was taught because this was a household that I also grew up in. You know, a mother who couldn't control her husband or her kids and I she had was this little baby or me essentially to tell what to do all day. And I listened and I did it. And this fundamentally became my modus operandi too. Like I started treating my mom like she treated me, like getting frustrated with her, resenting her, like even with my baby, like controlling how much he ate or what he ate or how much he can sleep or what, you know, all of these things were overwhelmingly anxiety inducing. And I talked to so many people who kind of gone through this themselves and they find themselves losing hair or getting sores or losing weight, gaining weight, skin looking bad, you know, all kinds of aspects, cancer even, to the level of cancer where we're trying to control so much of the world around us and the expectations for our desires that it really creates a disease, a dis-ease within us to the point of literally killing us. Our desire for control. And so I really would love for us to sit with this just as we watch ourselves in our workplace, as we watch ourselves within our families, as we just watch ourselves with our goddamn self. Like, how are we showing up in a control manner? Like, are we micromanaging? Are we grasping onto things? Like, there's this, also this idea of attachment, attachment to outcomes that really drive this desire for control is that we're so attached to a certain outcome that we cannot just simply allow universe to work in our favor, to work on our behalf, for God to just show up and do what God supposed to be doing or our ancestors or our spirit guides. We have a whole metaphysical team that's on this journey with us that we do not allow to operate in their place because we too busy trying to goddamn control everything. I'm too busy trying to control everything. And we feel it. And we feel it as insecurity, we feel it as fear, we feel it as anxiety, we feel it as not having enough, being unworthy. We feel it as not being supported, not being loved because we want to control everything. And I'm speaking from personal experience here. I'm speaking from especially the past time span, years where I was moving into caregiving role and really feeling alone, moving alone, operating alone, because I wanted to do everything my way. And there's a healing in this too, not just for me, but hopefully for listeners, that it's okay to be in that state. It's okay, obviously, because that's where you're at. That's where I was at. I didn't know any better. I actually did not know any better. I thought I was doing the best that I can. Actually, I was in this overachieving, hyperachieving mindset too, if you will, around it, is that I really wanted the best for my mother. I really wanted the best for my son. I really wanted the best for my family and my circumstances. Yet I was doing over and beyond exertion, over and beyond to the point where I had no energy for myself. And that's generally what happens when we really are in pursuit of this control is that we neglect ourselves because our awareness Our energy is constantly externally focused. And I love to say this, where your focus goes, energy flows. So if you focus externally, if you focus on all the shit outside of you, trying to control every goddamn thing outside of you, then that's where your energy goes outside of you. (laughs) How can you pour from an empty cup? We always talk about this in church. We talk about it and everything else, how you pour from an empty cup. So if your energy is going outside of you, then you are constantly emptying yourself out. And that is not sustainable, obviously, because then you just start pouring out nothing. And then you're at a deficit. So then you're pouring out negative energy. So then you're really disrupting the energetic field around you and the people around you. When you're pouring out negative shit, And that's what it looks like, too. And that's what it looked like in my home, too. When you're pouring out negative shit, then it looks like frustration. Then it looks like resentment. Then it looks like mean people, bitchy people, like all those things because you're pouring from a negative, from a deficit. And this is fundamentally why the focus should be on embracing that control and understanding how to control self. Understanding how to look within and see, okay, if I'm not happy with what's happening outside of me, what does that reflect about me? What does that reflect inside of me? If everything's disorganized and chaotic outside of me, what's disorganized and chaotic inside of me? Because fundamentally, everything starts with the self. Everything starts in the self, in our minds, in our bodies, and we have to be open to feeling into that. Feeling into that chaos within. And that's where the healing journey begins. And literally that's where the healing journey began for me. For me, it started with reading Bible plans, like setting into daily intentions, reading affirmations repeating affirmations. I remember taking showers and listening to this Deepak Chopra. He has like this A to Z affirmation album on on Spotify. And I would listen to it every day, repeating those affirmations. Definitely wasn't in alignment with them at all. You know, however, it was an opportunity for me to start reprogramming how I felt about my damn self. How I felt about how my thoughts were even being constructed in my mind because that's part of the challenge is the programming of our minds around what we can do what we can't do what we should be controlling what we shouldn't be controlling generally it's focused externally like we've been taught that in school solving problems solving everything like we're always being tested about things outside of us We're never being taught how to nurture things within us. We've never been properly taught that. Like You have to admit that for yourself unless you came from a familial background where that was part of your culture or your familiar culture. However, in traditional American culture, when we go to school, it's about being tested on everything outside of us, especially when we can think with our thinking minds and our brains. And not with our feelings, with our emotions, with our soul energy, with our energetic space, our spirit space, our emotional space. That's never a consideration. So we have to really look at ourselves as almost like very like baby-like. Like we're very childlike when it comes to this emotional intelligence, especially as you begin the journey. We're like kindergartners. We're learning how to share with ourselves, care for ourselves, pay attention to ourselves. So we almost are like babies in this shit. And with that in mind, that's how I started. Like very baby-like with it. Like baby steps every day. Like just sitting with myself. I remember when I first started sitting with myself, (laughs) especially because I'm still working on my hips, but my, my legs, I would try to sit on the floor and I was like, damn, I can't even sit Indian style. My legs would fall asleep immediately. They'd be tingling and numbing. And I'd be like, this is what? (laughs) Like I was just falling asleep during meditations. I was just trying to do like a five, seven minute meditation, be falling asleep. Like I really struggled in the beginning. It was not easy to find that time and space for myself. And little did I know that those are essentially escape mechanisms, like falling asleep, getting distracted, trying to do something else or think about something else as you are trying to meditate or focus on yourself because this is what your mind is programmed to do when faced with challenge. Go to sleep, run from it, distract yourself, do something else. And you see all that when you come into stillness with yourself. And I love my Tai Chi practice because it makes me further and further aware of how my mind works. Because when I sit with myself, when I do these difficult postures, when I'm engaging in these repetitive exercises, I see how distracting my mind is, how anxious my mind gets, how I'm thinking about all my to-dos, how I want to go to sleep. Like I want to do everything, then focus on what's just right here. Me. And likely that is a challenge that you may face as well. Is that when you try to sit with you, all the other things come up for you. All the things you got to do for your kids or for your family or for your job or to get some money. All these things come up when all you want to do is just sit with you. And that's okay. Because that's the observer consciousness. That's how you develop the mastermind is being able to see and acknowledge those aspects of yourself. You have to be able to see and know who you are. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It is in these aspects of ourselves that we begin to know ourselves, like know thyself. Like, that's something that we've been hearing for a long time, but didn't quite know what it meant or what it took or how to even know ourselves. But to know thyself means to see all those aspects of ourselves. To see all those aspects of ourselves. And in order to see all those aspects of ourselves, we have to be willing to sit with ourselves. And the sitting doesn't have to be Indian style on the floor, like meditating. It can be going for a walk with yourself. It can be taking a bath with yourself. It could be journaling, putting your thoughts down on paper. However, it requires you to be by yourself. And it's interesting because I always complained about being alone. Yet This is exactly where universe and where God wanted me to be, needed me to be in order to connect more deeply to myself and to God and to my purpose. I like to talk about this a lot because as we go on this journey, we sometimes find ourselves getting disconnected from our friends, getting disconnected from our families. And sometimes it can be in a harsh way. Sometimes it can just be what it is. And that is okay. I have to encourage you that whatever your path looks like, it is okay as long as you're prioritizing yourself. And for me, I was in a complete isolation. I needed that for myself. I had spent so long giving of myself to other people in pursuit of pleasing, in pursuit of validation, in pursuit of affirmation, that I needed to affirm my damn self. And I couldn't do that around other people. I had to do that by myself, and that hurt me so much. It hurt me to not have my mom being able to express gratitude to me for quitting my job, for moving across the country, for feeling like I had given up my life to help her. It hurt me. she didn't be able to she couldn't be able to say thank you, express gratitude to me. But she didn't have the capacity to. It hurt me that I had to take care of feeling like I was taking care of a baby all by myself, not being fully supported by his father. It hurt me. But that's what needed to happen for me to step into my power. And so I, I want to encourage you that shit gonna look ugly. It's gonna look ugly, it's gonna feel bad, it's gonna feel painful because you believe that you deserve more and you do, but you deserve it from yourself. You deserve that recognition, you deserve that security, and you deserve that control for yourself. And that's how you begin to ascend, that's how you begin to grow, and then that's how you begin to connect back to the people around you in truth, in love, and in authenticity. Because when you're not connected, when it ain't right up in here, it's never going to be right out here. You know, I love all the metaphysical phrases, as above, so below, as within, so without. All these things are reflective of our own energy. Like as it is below, as it is within us, as it is above us, as it is without us. And we talk so much about, you know, climate change and governmental systems, and all of these macro issues, even in business, fluctuations in markets, organizational dysfunction, everything starts with the individual. Everything starts with the self. So everyone's wanting to point blame and blame industries and blame these things. But have you looked at your damn self? (laughs) Have you looked at the man in the mirror? the woman in the mirror, the person in the mirror. Because if we're not changing our ways, (laughs) I'm sorry I love these Michael Jackson songs. If we're not changing our ways, if we're not looking at who we are, then how can we expect our environment around us to shift? We are reflections of each other. The outside world is a reflection of our internal environment. If we're seeing chaos, if we're seeing violence, if we're seeing all of these abhorrent things, then that is a reflection of what's happening in us. So when we talk about trying to control our governments, trying to control our kids, try to gun control, try to control drugs, try to control all these things, why don't we first start with trying to control ourselves? What are our emotions saying? What are our thoughts doing? What are our actions representing? These are the questions we need to be asking ourselves and the world also. When we're doing all these summits and these convenings and we're trying to solve all these problems, are we even looking at ourselves and the roles that we play? Our own personal carbon footprint? Our own personal energetic footprint? Our own karmic footprint. Are we looking at those things? Likely no. Likely no. So, this is what we and what I hope to encourage us all to, to seek in this stage of our life. And I'm doing the work myself. Like, I'm, I'm putting it out there for y'all, but I'm also putting it out there for myself. Like, this is exactly why I do this podcast is to channel what I'm feeling for myself and what I'm feeling for the collective. And what I'm feeling is is our fundamental desires, again, our desire for recognition, our desire for security, and our desire for control. How is that showing up for ourselves as individuals? How is that showing up? Because when we're able to bring our desires into balance, When we're able to embrace them as, you know, maybe they'll play out, maybe they won't. You know, having some more neutrality around our own issues, then we'll start to see that balance, that harmonizing of our external environment. We'll definitely start to see that. The harmonizing of our external environment starts with the harmonizing of our internal environment. And what are we doing about that? And I'm feeling like this is kind of coming to a close, kind of the energy is coming to a a close here. And I just want to kind of leave us on that note. And of course, there's so many tools that we can use to bring ourselves into balance. And I'll get into that very quickly because I know this may be new for some listeners. But meditation fundamentally is the primary way to start bringing some stillness and some awareness to yourself and especially to your body. And I love to talk about the awareness of our body because this is something that I've been doing for the past couple of years that has shifted my life path and life trajectory is the embodiment of all the metaphysical teachings and tools and readings that I had been perusing over and working through for so long, the embodiment. If it ain't in your body, then you ain't got it because we are human beings. We have to be in the action, in the activity of who we are. And our being is this body. And not our consciousness, not our minds. We need to bring our consciousness down into our bodies. And meditation, and especially movement meditation, meditative movement is a beautiful way to start to activate that energy within you so you can have more awareness of who you are, where you're going, what you're controlling, what you're trying not to control, what you're trying to achieve, what you're not trying to achieve, all those things, your security, your insecurities, it is all reflected in your body. Especially your lower energetic centers, your lower energetic chakras, your root chakra, your sacral chakra, your solar plexus. These are fundamentally our body's energy centers. And we need to have more grounding in being able to connect with them. So that's why I love to sit on the floor. Like I sit on the floor doing my podcast, doing my meetings. I try to sit on the floor even watching TV, eating. And I needed that not only just to open up my hips, but just to get me more grounded. I was so in my head, y'all. I was such an intellectual, intellectualizing everything. That's just how I was raised. I mean, come on now, I got two masters from Harvard, two degrees from UT honors programs. So I'm just like this massive thinker. I love to, you know, think. However, the thinking only gets us so far, and I hope this resonates, especially with some of you business people, you very analytically minded people. We need to start coming deeper into our bodies, bringing all that intellectualization into our bodies so that we can start to feel more, moving with our gut instincts more. Our gut is our body's brain. So being able to do some movement meditation. Doing meditation is a great way to start to really see what it is that you're feeling, what it is that you're acting on in a very graceful and observer way. You can see it and you don't even need to do anything about it. Actually, it's best you do nothing about it. Just watch it. Just watch it. And if you need to take it a further step further, nurture it love it, embrace it. Okay, y'all. So I thank you so much for riding with me on this journey. Today's podcast was really, really beautiful for me because I needed to talk through this for myself and hopefully for you as well around embracing our desires for control, embracing these desires and seeing how they play out in the world around us. Embracing all that you are to become all that you were destined to be. Okay? I love you all so much. Don't forget to follow I am Erin Patton on Instagram, Facebook, and definitely this podcast on YouTube at I am Erin Patton. And then don't forget also to check out my resources on the metabusiness.world. And I'm always here for you guys, okay? I love you so, so much. Peace. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast? Well, I am honored and I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing it with your friends because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, Head over to my website, AaronPatton.com, to find all the show notes, links, and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.